Submission is often a controversial topic, and in the typical evangelical women's ministry, it's often ignored. But scripture talks a lot about submission. Do you struggle with submitting to your husband? Well, you're not alone. We have too. Today on DE, I have a guest on to talk about our struggles in submitting and about how theology plays a role in understanding submission. So let's dive in. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm your host, Malbatos. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Hey ladies, welcome to Thoroughly Equipped. So glad you could join me. This episode is the final episode of season two. And just a heads up that I'll be going through probably a couple months break as I'm situating season three. So keep me in prayer through all that got a lot going on and changes that I've made. Kind of talked about it in the last episode. But for this final season two episode, I wanted to interview probably one of the most godly women that I know, and that would be my mother. (laughs) So hope you enjoy the conversation. Heads up, there's... um, I... I took this interview outside. It was during the summer when my mom came to visit and the weather was wonderful. But of course, me still not understanding all the audio ins and outs of podcasting. I had the only microphone I have (laughs) and it picked up a whole lot of background noises. I tried to edit it as best as I can, but you're going to hear, um, hitting of the table and birds and the cicadas and people mowing their lawns and stuff like that. But, um, hopefully I can learn how to work on quality next time if I ever do an interview on the outside, but it's about the content, right? (laughs) Which is good content. I think the discussion we had was so just encouraging and I really hope it blesses any of you who are struggling with submission as we have or are just struggling with uh, sovereignty of God. This is an episode I hope will encourage you to dive more into scripture and to just trust in God more. All right, without further ado, here's my interview with my mom on submission. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped. I have a special episode. Well, I have a special episode every time I bring a, a, a guest on or an interview. But I have a special, special episode today. <laughs> <laughs> I introduced my mom and I wanted to have her on to talk about women's issues such as uh, women learning theology and submission. And especially your, your testimony into submission and because it's a good one it's been Um, a journey yeah (laughs) um so um 
Welcome, Mom. I don't know whether I want to say your name on there or not, but I'm just going to call you Mom, and everybody else can call you Melba Toast's mom. Okay. It works for me. All right, so why don't you tell me a little bit? Well, don't tell me. Tell them a little bit about yourself. I am a mom and a wife. I'm mom of four kids and a wife of 33 plus years to a wonderful, godly man. Yes. And um, I am an MK, missionary kid. So I have, um, I was raised in a godly home and God has been good to me. Yep. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, maybe give me a little bit, um, more info on the missionary, uh, background. Give people a sense of kind of what that might have been like. Um, okay. not real long, but you know. Okay. A little bit. Uh, my, par- my parents were missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators, and my dad was, uh, printer by trade. He was a graphic arts teacher and in after uh, 1956 they were introduced to Wycliffe Bible Translators and um, went through the whole process of the SIL Summer Institute of Linguistics and started training in the um, what's called the what was called jungle camp um, down in Mexico. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. I thought I immediately went to some kind of youth group. I'm like, okay. no, no, but <laughs> Real they were jungle. They were teaching, yeah, the the missionaries to live in a jungle. Gotcha. And um, then we went to Guatemala for nine months, and um, then Philippines for three years, Mexico for two, and then ended up in Brazil for five years. And each of those places, m- my parents were not actually in the jungle. They were what were called support persons, mm-hmm. personnel. And um, my dad ended up running the print shop. And my mom was a bookkeeper for a general office person, but uh, generally running the print shop. Okay. And they were privilege to participate in many printings of Bibles in un- heretofore unwritten languages, and yeah. it's pretty exciting, exciting work. Yeah, yeah, much needed, much yep. needed work. Uh, it was an interesting childhood, all those different cultures, um, and we came back to the States it, when I was 17, and that was probably the hardest culture shock yeah. coming back home. Wow. Um, Wait, do, um, did you say when you left? When? So how old were you when your parents... When they first joined, I was yeah. probably about five. Wow. Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah. First grade was in the Philippines. And each year... Well, I, I went to four different high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it was that like one every year or most bulk in a certain year after you? Because high school, you know. Right. Um, and part of it was because in, in when we were in Brazil, I went to, um, first started out in an embassy school that was in Brasilia, the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we chose 
for me to go to a, a boarding school. Uh, and I went one year there. No, actually, I didn't even last the entire year. I went one semester and said, mm, boarding school isn't for me. Oh, yeah. And uh, switched places with my younger brother. And um, then we came home to the States. And for, we were in San Diego for one year and then ended up in Cerritos. Okay. All right. For my senior okay. part. I only had a couple classes for my senior year, but senior year was in Cerritos. Okay. California. All right. And so during this time in your teens, mm-hmm. so you're during what type of um, time in American history? What, what years were you in your 70s. teens? The 70s. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So you're a little bit coming mm-hmm. after a bit of um, civil rights, right. um, women's rights, and you're actually not actually partaking of that culture when it happens because you're in the I'm overseas you're overseas but you come over and um and it's not that it made much of a difference in your culture shock but um just trying to lay a foundation for like what kind of things you might have been taught in regards to womanhood um coming into America but like was how do I? Growing up in a, as a missionary kid, you had, I mean, grandma is an outstanding example of a godly woman, in my opinion. Right. So um, that's a totally different culture than the wider, even Christian cult, normal American Christian culture. Uh, so you had a good framing for womanhood from the beginning. Right. And I, I think that part of it is because my dad was half Filipino and um, my mother was a Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though the Filipinos are very, it's a very matriarchal society, Mm -hmm. um, there was a very distinct separation in roles. Um, my mother was, at least from my perspective, was a very, she was a submissive wife. She was a supportive um, wife. And my father was very, although never athletic, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a he-man, mm-hmm. he was always very masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched them in their relationship and it was always a very respectful loving relationship and there was but there was no question that dad was he was the head he was the dude yeah yeah he was he was in charge yeah and mom um deferred to him and he always supported her yeah very much you know you don't you don't disrespect your mom. He was always very yeah. supportive of her. Yeah. As a mother and even in regards to the work that she did on, with him on the missions field. Oh, very much so. I can recall some of my favorite times was when I faked being sick. <laughs> really? And, st- you know, I got to stay home and they would come home for lunch every day. And I would just sit at the table and watch them interact and... 
dad always, he was asked her opinion and she was free to always give her opinion. And I just, I loved watching them interact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had, uh, I would say a very solid foundation into like a biblical family unit and biblical headship and yeah, without submission. actually even talking about it or mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. voicing it, just it was it was lived. lived. It was obvious. It was just every day. Okay, so here's now we're gonna get to nitty gritty. Where then do you think going in, you know, uh, to your own life, your own independence, then um, having then get, getting to where you then to start to have problems. So maybe, um, not, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, problems with submission as you get married, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know how much of your testimony you want to get into. I'll leave that up to you, you know, um, but tell us at least like, uh, where you think you can possibly identify where just, um, the background, what you saw in the family didn't connect for you, yourself and your own relationships. Or relationship at the marriage okay. relationship. So I, I think, I think it kind of started when, as my as as being raised, I'm the eldest, mm-hmm. um, and my father taught me or told me that I needed to be independent thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, taught me to always ask questions. Never, ever be afraid of challenging, posing challenging questions. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow in my mind, that made me think that somehow I was... More inquisitive than your own husband? Or more willing to find the truth than your own husband? Because I feel that so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the fact that I... Um, it's hard to say, but I, I did... Though your father was... He confessed to being a Christian, I don't know... Well, I do know that he was not in the Word, mm-hmm. and when so when I s- saw him or felt him not leading us in an appropriate avenue, right. I felt empowered, mm-hmm. maybe wrongly so, to challenge him mm-hmm. rather than to submit. Yeah, I found that was that's I think a very big key that when women don't think about like um if your husband is not leading the family the way you think it should be led yes uh you want to take over yeah it's very easy to go down that path of right not realizing that that is uh yeah it's a form of you usurping but also a form of spiritual pride as if you know better right right and it's a complete lack of faith in in god and who he's very placed. much a lack of faith. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you did mention, um, uh, my dad and, um, though my dad's going to play a very small 
role in the in the future just because my parents are divorced. But um, where where tell us uh, like a little more? Do you think where then when it when it came to marrying my stepdad, Papa? Um, do you think that led to, did you see problems in your marriage early on? You've been married 32 years. That's a very long time. So praise the Lord. Um, and I know that you guys have had hardships just like all marriages do, um, especially in the beginning. But where was your mindset? Well, here's the other thing too that I'm thinking along the line. How much did you get from the church in submission and like training you up to be a godly wife to submit and what were the kind of things that i think you might have been getting from the church uh in regards to submission like how did it influence you in your in your married life i sad to say i don't i don't feel that the church itself had much influence whatsoever okay it's been this okay and pretty much god's word alone mm. um and and so like life I'm, and yeah i'm working I'm, mark your stepdad is um very strong man mm. um Strong-willed, um, very vocal. Mm -hmm. He knows his mind, yeah. and he he is a, a godly man. Um, and so we butted heads quite a bit early on, mm -hmm. um, and it was it. It's just been God working in my heart. Okay. I don't recall really any of the churches that I've been to, or my church, mm -hmm. really addressing the issue of submission. When it got down to it, I went and searched in the scriptures and, you know, on podcasts, and mm -hmm. it was when I felt challenged in my mind and in my heart that I went in search of the answers for what is correct submission okay. and the question of you know you're walking the fine line of am i being a doormat mm -hmm. no now am i submitting mm -hmm. okay so you did you attend women's ministries when you were you weren't you nope. were never really that type of person yeah. no well, I've, I've, I've i don't know why i've never been drawn to them yeah and because of i work Oh, a that job. Right. Yeah. So I'm usually when your Bible, women's Bible studies are going on it's Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Yeah. I'm working. You're at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. They have men's yeah. Bible studies on Saturdays. They don't have women's <laughs> Bible studies on Saturdays. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've never really been drawn to them. Okay. Have you ever been, always been drawn to theology? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, well, I can't say always. Yeah. But that would be misspeaking but, but you've <laughs> yeah, had a very recently in oh, recently. the last you know 20 30 years early on i wasn't okay but um 
Yeah, the scripture has always spoken to me. Yeah. And so, um, I know, like, for me, submission really started, well, see, I had gone to women's ministry, and not a lot of women's ministry talked about submission at all. In fact, there's a lot with Titus 2, period, that is really missing, you know, as, as women are instructed to teach. But um, it was a lot of the how you can be a leader or how to get your self spiritually back in line with the Lord yeah, how and to work your family yeah, and get your and um just how to really I saw a lot of push into how to be more involved with the church right. the church that I was involved in which was this very secret sensitive church so it was a lot of um kind of outward mission stuff and um just a complete that we talked about family and things like that. Um, it wasn't a, a big focus as in this is super, super important. Your role as a mother and a wife are extremely, uh, uh, important and have a eternal, uh, an eternal, um, I can't think of the word, but it's, it's just, Training up your kids, submitting to your husband, these yeah, things actually. Well, yeah, eternal consequences, but eternal consequences that actually affect our world, period. Right. Um, because it's more like you need to go outside in the world to, to do something. Find your calling, find your, your gifts, use your spiritual gifts to reach out to the, to the people community. outside, of, yeah, into the community. Versus um, concentrating on what those things, womanhood, what, what your role is, how yeah. important it is in the home. In the home, right. And that's not to say that I don't, or that's not saying that I believe that all women should just be at home, obviously. <laughs> you, know, you work, and I do podcasting outside of the home, and I work on a co-op outside of the home as well. But um, trying to keep Proverbs 31 in focus of the goal uh, is to support what my main work in towards my husband and towards the three people that I pour myself into. Right. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I look back and all those years, I wish I had been more mindful of that in particular when you, you guys were younger. Yeah. I've heard you say that many times. So, um, so then um, talk about how then, because you weren't always, let's say here, you weren't always reformed. What would nope. you have considered yourself before if you could identify yourself? I don't know that I would have put, know, a, put a label on yeah. it. Um, you know, I was a Christian. Yeah. I was Did, a Christ follower. And, um. Would you consider yourself evangelical? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, what were the typical churches you attended? Um, Baptist. Mm-hmm. Calvary Chapel. Moved, Cal- non- we did Calvary Chapel for a while and Baptist. Mm-hmm. We live in a very small town, right. so we're kind of limited. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Then we attended for a while at Presbyterian, but that wasn't until we really were on the road to Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> now... And it was this, a reformed presbytery. Yeah, this reformed presbytery. I'm just curious for my own. Was this before COVID or after COVID? It was before. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Um, I was just wondering because I know a lot of people have transferred over to more reformed, simply because some of most of the reformed churches did their best to stay open, open as much right. as they could. Um, so that made a difference to people who were like right. church is important. Um, but that's not your your case here. No. Okay. No. No. The whole Reformation process was actually when started when we were um, visiting your grandmother's church and heard the pastor speak on Romans, and I just couldn't put it together that God chose Jacob and not Esau. Mm -hmm. And I wrestled with that, the whole concept, mm -hmm. for probably several years mm -hmm. until God just brought me to a place where I can say, I don't get it. I don't fully understand it, but he is sovereign. Right. He is. He is sovereign. Right. And I, we are not. Right. And, and why he chose anyone is beyond me. Mm -hmm. um, and this reformation change in your, in your own uh, life and spiritual uh, growth and sanctification was before or after you're wrestling with submission? Oh, way before. Okay. Yeah, it's been probably, oh, it was when Papa was still living. Okay. So, yeah, it was okay. nearly 20 years okay. that he's, God's been working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, because I'm trying to uh, draw out that there is a, a huge importance in theology and when we come to God's sovereignty, that has direct effects on uh, womanhood and submission completely. So that's where I'm trying to go with this. Okay. Stick with us, people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So you've gone through wrestling with sovereignty, understanding that God's sovereignty was in uh specifically salvation and you begin to see that first and then i'm sure as time goes on you now start to apply sovereignty to daily life every basically right. everything and um it was i don't even i don't recall the occasion but it, it just scripture alone mm -hmm. Only scripture, sola scriptura, mm -hmm. um, and it's in its truest sense what we're. I mean, it, that started the process of the you know submission, and um, of course there were things happening in our lives and marks in my life that. Um, we, we were butting heads and struggling, mm -hmm. tremendous struggle. And I just, I recall just, I have this little bench by my bed and I just in desperation sat on that bench one night and cried out and told God, I just, I needed help. 
-hmm. working through this and um, he just told me to you didn't tell me I, I didn't hear mean. a voice right <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear a voice I wish I'd heard you a recalled voice, the scriptural I, truth <laughs> yeah um, but I I just slowly but surely started turning turning to my husband mm -hmm. for direction rather than fighting him yeah that's that's a huge strength for yeah. a lot of yes. a lot of women um because i i truly felt he was wrong in the direction mm -hmm. and um i mean it, it wasn't unbiblical it wasn't sinful it just i didn't feel it was the way to go i mean it was a situation with the one of the kids mm -hmm. and um he was being firm firm and resolute yes <laughs> that's a good word excellent word resolute yeah. and i was being swishy <laughs> i guess women they want you know we yeah. have the soft hearts yeah i was i was responding more emotionally mm -hmm. and um come to recognize that he he had the right direction and even if he didn't I was going to follow him oh okay and that has been quite the process yes uh, hammer that in a little bit uh, this idea that even if men because let's go to scripture <laughs> all right okay. um, because then this is where I'm gonna go to the next kind of question in regards to this because I know there's a specific instance because we've talked before it's almost the exact same instance uh, or, or experience for both of us, which I think is wonderful. But, um, all right, we're going to go to Peter. <laughs> it's first Peter, correct? I just want to make sure. Yes. First Peter, chapter three. So Peter's talking about basically submission. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about submission to government. And, and, and to be clear, he's talking about submission He's writing this epistle to people who are undergoing trials and tribulation and persecution. So these are, they're being per persecuted for even, uh, like a, the example with submission to masters, persecuted for doing that which is good. Um, so having to live, he, he's instructing the, um, the, the Christians there under persecution on how to live with people who are not believers um, and who will uh, not always be led by the Lord to do the right thing. And will and because of that, they will persecute uh, believers who are trying to do the right thing. So um, in chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, In the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, I mean, they're not, they didn't bother to look into God's word, they're following their own passions, and doing what they think is right in their own eyes, and, um, and then making decisions which ultimately will reflect or re, uh, ultimately will have an effect on the wives and they say um, he says one with uh, if any of them are disobedient to the word they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe 
your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, keep that in mind, guys, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children, if you do what is right, without being frightened by any fear." Um, so again, you have hope in God and not being frightened by any fear. I think that's one of the things that we, like we were talking about, we think we're spiritually, uh, more mature than our husbands, or we think we're more in the word and knowing what's right to do in a situation. Uh, and usually most times guided by our emotions, not really guided by the word. Um, but the emotion deep down underlying that is fear it's fear and it is not hoping in god it's doubting that god is good to guide you and sanctify you through even a unbelieving spouse or even through a spouse who may not be obeying the word or just your you thinking that he's not obeying the word when he really is trying to obey the word it's just not the way you think he should go um it's just uh, ultimately a uh, denial that God is sovereign. So there's your connection between sovereignty of God in not only salvation, but in sanctification of your husbands and the sanctification of you through your husband as well and the word. But anyway, so all that to say, because I remember talking to you when I was struggling with this too, several years back. And we both watched the same sermon. Do you remember? Oh, it was the dude that Desiring God, yeah, wasn't he? John Piper. Yes, yes. And it was on? Submission. And it was on specifically this yes. verse, yeah. right? Okay, so tell me a little about how uh, your how things... So you, you cried out to God. You started to like turn to look to your husband as in the one that will guide you through this situation. Where did this that sermon come into play in, in this? Do you remember? Um, well, that's a good question. I Was it before, after? Oh, or maybe it was smack dab, smack in, the dab in the middle of it. Okay. Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I mean, the, the struggles that we were, we were having were, of course, as most struggles, they were based on past experiences, okay, so past interactions between the two of us, so he's reacting to my, you know, my constant questioning, <laughs> constant challenging. And it was challenging because you wanted, you were really trying to find the truth into what he was doing, or was it more of a challenge because you wanted to kind of usurp his... I don't know that I wanted to usurp. I wanted to, I mean, he's, the situation was, we had an errant child, and he was standing quite firm 
on how we needed to approach the situation. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a little more... I didn't want to cut the ties. I didn't want to be that firm, yeah. that resolute about how to approach the situation. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I mean, I think it, it didn't just instantly resolve itself. Um, I had to tell him several times, probably over the course of a couple of years, I am going to submit to you, whether I agree with you or not. I am not going to argue with you over what your decision is. I am going to stand behind you mm-hmm. no matter what. Okay. And um, it took a few times. And I am for him to recognize that I was not going to stop. I was no longer going to be challenging his authority. Okay. Um, and it's, it's brought a, an amazing brought us to an amazing place in our lives and part so which by the way we were saying that go figure neighbors would probably start mowing the lawn and (laughs) i just noticed yeah but anyway um um go into a little bit then uh, how that looked practically like how you stopped the questioning and it uh or was there an occasional questioning to be like you know you're not a doormat but you're you're questioning to really just find out why he's made the decision he made. And then you're just, okay, accepting it and then letting it play out, like actually helping him. Give us some a little practicality in, in regards to that. Well, there, there were quite a few times where I still didn't agree. <laughs> I, right, I so didn't. I, I felt that he was being too too strong in his response mm-hmm. um, and I had to cry out to the Lord to give me the faith mm-hmm. that God is sovereign that he with a capital H he is sovereign mm-hmm. and that he is going to work things out okay. so in spite of the internal turmoil and I you know I'm I'll admit to you, I I think Mark on occasion recognized the turmoil and so he was weary of me actually following through on my word Mm -hmm, um, because there were plenty of times where I challenged, you know, in the past I had challenged him and um, the, the the more he loves me the more I'm willing to submit to him. Mm-hmm. And the more I submitted to him, the more he, the softer he became in his responses mm-hmm. and the more understanding. understanding of where my position. It didn't necessarily mean he changed the decision, mm-hmm. but he became more understanding of my position and just came alongside and emotionally supported me in my, mm-hmm. in my, sometimes in my grief. Yeah. 
So um, some of the things that I've noticed when, when I've done that, you said about uh, he loves you more you want to submit. Um, but I understand that there was some times where um, women don't actually feel loved. First, I think the woman needs to take a step back and and not go by what they feel at that moment. Like, um, so women has to challenge their emotions and um, and look at okay, it's not looking at how he loves me the way I want to be loved because we were talking about this yesterday. Yes. But looking at the way he loves me, um, scripturally, per, right. per, a man protects you, provides, provides for, for you, you. Uh, is he, uh, he's never going to put you in danger. Yeah. Right. He doesn't want you, you know, driving when it's, you know, a storm outside. Right. right. All the little <laughs> things too. And, and, um, that he is, especially if he's Christian, Working to be gentle with you, right. as he's called to, to be understanding and 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 listen to you, and right, not treat you as a doormat or his property or anything like that, right? But um, so when, instead of saying, "Oh, he needs my love language," is <laughs> you know, buy me gifts or telling, yeah, or do or looking. The- at me and telling me I'm beautiful all the time. These, that's just wrong, ladies. Sign biblical. Do not go relying on the five love languages. Um, so you want to reassess your emotions and reassess you, uh, what is love based on God's word. And so, first, I think that comes with that comes, and then that changes and gives you more of the ability to see that he's loving you. And then it makes it a bit easier for you to also to submit. But even if you don't get there, let's just say he's totally an unbeliever and he isn't really loving you that way, but he's not abusing you or, you know, but he's a husband who's provided. He's still providing, but he's got his failures. Okay. Um, And he's really not obeying the word. It's still our job to obey the word of God. (laughs) In when, our situation, in our... It is in every way, be, and I think we went to a, not marriage counseling, but a marriage seminar, mm-hmm. okay, with other couples, and I think the one thing that we came away with, it was a Christian seminar, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was about the love languages, mm-hmm. but I think what we both, both Mark and I walked away with was it's not about what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's what about, it's about what I'm doing mm-hmm. to fulfill his needs. And he also recognized for him, yeah. it's not, you know, am I doing what he needs in his love language, but is he meeting my needs. Mm-hmm. And that was very instrumental in yeah. our relationship, in, yeah. in, in our journey towards this eventual submission okay. issue. Okay. And, um, because so- it's so important that we, I, and it's something I can always, I always told you kids, you can only control what you yeah. do. You cannot control what anybody else does. Yeah. We finally, as parents, as husband and wife, we finally recognize, oh, it's not about what he's doing. It's about what I'm yeah. 
I need to be about what I'm doing. Yeah. So checking yourself, always yeah. self-reflection. Right. Um, so, okay. Um, so when we go back to the sermon for John Piper, from John <laughs> Piper, do you remember specifically kind of, you listened to that and, Dude, we, I don't remember if we listened to it at the same time or if I was like, this is a sermon you have to listen to, or if you were like, I don't remember. Do you? I do. Yeah, I was, I was dealing with the issue and I don't recall who else. It may have been Body Buckham or John MacArthur mm-hmm. or even R.C. Sproul. Oh, yeah. no. Three <laughs> of my favorite guys. Um, so I don't recall where I was in the process, but you told me, oh, you got to listen to John Piper, John Piper, this um, one on submission. So you told me after you mm-hmm. had listened to it. Mm-hmm. So it was shortly, you know, pretty okay. much in the same time period. And it's been pretty amazing that we've been on the same ball, almost. Uh, yeah, so on opposite coasts. Yeah, <laughs> so far away from each other, and yet going, and so much difference in age, and yet we're still. Yeah. So I'm going. I'm way behind girl. But um, you you were in, you started into Reformed theology than I did. I well, was I born? Yeah, yeah I was born. Right? How old was I when if when you started to go into? Oh, you were already married. Okay, you see, were already married. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I didn't come into Reformed theology until almost ten years ago. So yeah, but um, but yeah, it's still <laughs> it, that is the way I I just see a straight line from submission, in, or um, not submission from uh. Sovereignty into salvation, to sovereignty into sanctification, sovereignty into submit, uh, the marriage roles. Right. And yeah. then now even in my own journey and homeschooling and the way I teach my kids, it's gone to sovereignty into educating my kids. <laughs> so, it, you know, you just keep applying sovereignty wherever uh, and it makes a huge difference. So I thought theology matters. But um, okay. it's so... It's it's so peaceful mm-hmm. to know that God is in control. I mean, I'm thinking your brother that's lost. Yeah. And to know that it's not up to me. I can't do anything. God's in control. God's in control. Yeah. Right. Okay, so we've watched the movie together, or the movie, the sermon together, and we chit-chat about it and everything. But here's, again... Just a similar line. Let's move on to after what comes submission. As you're struggling with it, here's the controversial topic. That's well, submission's controversial enough. It is. It is. But let's get even more controversial. Um, head coverings. Oh yeah. That is where if you are really starting, if you are wrestling with sovereignty, and then you're also wrestling with. Uh, Submission. submission you're going to come across those verses and so let's talk about your and mine both i've already done a podcast on that if you haven't listened to it it's like a first season or one of my breakout episodes i don't know um but it's in there i'll put it in the show notes so first though my mom wrestled with submission and was talking to me about it and then i had to really go into scripture but this brings in fourth gener. Is it fourth? Wait, how do I say this? Is Gigi fourth generation compared to me third? Third, because I'm 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 talking as an alley then. So oh, it would right. be 
Well, fourth generation fourth... of women of right. the Luardis blood. Well, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> okay, that side of the family um, starts with Gigi, but go into the, your testimony in regards to, to head covering. <laughs> okay. Get, wrestle that out. Okay. So, um, we were, um, struggling with, we were church shopping and, um, we're just in a discussion with my mom, Gigi, um, about the church that she was attending and we were working through the whole issue of women in leadership in church mm. and whether it's you know pastor elder and i we were you know studying I believe it's in timothy you know the where where the roles are mm-hmm. you know spelled out and um we were challenging her because her little church that she was attending, little little tiny church in a little town, southern Arizona, um, had so few, uh, such a small membership that they didn't have enough men to fill the eldership role. And Mark was pretty adamant about the fact that that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And so she challenged me, okay, so, because I told her, okay, sola scriptura, we're going based on what the word says and not just sola scriptura, but exactly what the scripture says. Yeah. Okay? So she said, well then, I'm going to challenge you, what are you going to do with the headship, or the head covering? I'm like, head covering? I mean, head covering. <laughs> First Corinthians 11. Uh, my, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I immediately went to my scriptures and went, oh, it says women need to wear a head covering. And I said, I have no idea. I, I don't know anything about it. I need to do some research. Mm-hmm. And I spent months listening to... Uh, reading it over and over and over again, trying right. to find any, if there was any cross-references, and listening to everybody I could listen to. Yeah. I have come to the conclusion, for me, and I don't know about anybody else, but for me, it is all tied to submission. Mm-hmm. And the issue of submission. Mm-hmm. And it was at about the time when I was struggling with the whole submission issue. So um, I brought it to Mark, mm-hmm. my husband, and um, said, how do you feel about this? And do you have a problem if I in, not honor, but to show to exhibit my submission to you if I wear a head covering when we are at church. Yeah. And he, he wrestled with it a little bit. He said he didn't want me to look Catholic or mm-hmm. uh, Muslim. He didn't want me to you know have that kind of appearance. Um, but he was okay with it. Uh, and I have just concluded that it's, it's all about the the roles mm-hmm. 
where God has placed, put me mm-hmm. in my relationship to my husband. Yeah. And to God. Right. Yep. So. Then pretty much the same type of thing I went through. Yeah. Wrestling with submission. Understanding my own feelings in it. Yeah. Really, really seeing it. And then going, okay, I want to use this. Well, I shouldn't say use, but I could see how it could be a tool to remind me that God is sovereign and in control and is guiding my husband and that I'm going to um, submit to 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 God in this way. It, it is a weekly reminder, mm-hmm. just as communion, mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper, is... If, if you take it to- weekly, which I would encourage... I think you should. <laughs> but we that's only, a topic. <laughs> yeah, in our church, we only take communion once a month. But, right, but it I, is a regular occurrence, and it is a reminder. And yeah. for me, the wearing the head covering is a weekly reminder. And I, I'm afraid I, I might forget it if mm-hmm. I only did it once a month. If I yeah. only covered my head once a month. Yeah. But the fact that I cover it every Sunday. Every time I am in church, mm-hmm. then it reminds me that I need to submit, whether I feel like it or not. Yeah. And it's a really good declaration to other women, um, though I don't think they know. I, they, yeah, I don't. I've, have you been asked about your head covering? Nope. But... I have gotten comments about, oh, when I've chosen to either wear, when I've chosen to wear the tighter ones, I don't get a comment. Um, but when I've chosen to wear a scarf over my head, um, I got comments from people going, oh, what a beautiful scarf. You look like one of those, um, you know, Middle Eastern ladies, so pretty and stuff like that. And um, I was like, oh, yeah. And yeah, um They've had to really wrestle with it, too. Uh, I think he still kind of is just like, hmm, I'm not so sure. I don't see everybody else doing it. So um, it kind of draws attention to me that maybe he doesn't like or he'd like me to expose my my hair more because he thinks I look more pretty. But he, um, yeah, um, so he's well, still I, wrestling with it. For me personally, I my hair is so long. That I always, almost always, no, I can I always, every Sunday, someone would comment about my hair. Oh, yeah. How long my hair is, how beautiful my hair is, uh-huh. you know. And I don't get those comments. Yeah. They're not looking at my hair yeah. anymore. Yeah. And for that, I... You're okay with that? I'm good with That's that. Right. I like that. Have you gotten any comments from people or questions yet? Um... I think I had, we had one comment that someone, we were having a, um, what they call pot providence. It's, it's their version of a potluck, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they don't, I guess, want to um, call it a potluck. Call it a potluck. <laughs> oh, but we were at lunch after church, and um, one of the women I was sitting near um, said, yeah, I wasn't quite sure how to take you. I thought maybe you were Muslim. In a, in a Christian church? Yeah. Okay. yeah. You're visiting. Okay. Yeah, that is kind of, that's funny that, it's not funny, it's kind of sad that that's the way, when you see a woman that's covered, that that's immediately the way you take it. 
um, is either Catholic or, or Muslim, um, which are both very legalistic religions. Right. Um, and I don't think um, the head covering is legalistic in any way. Um, because I, don't I think it. it's freeing. Yeah. Um, and it's um, not about, well, pleasing it's not about pleasing God to get salvation. It's now about pleasing God because I, well, not pleasing God, but trusting in God. And it's about obedience. Yeah. It's, it's about obedience. Yeah. And, uh, but some people might say, well, obedience is legalistic that you have to obey God. It's like, no, no I, I want, I love, yeah, I love him. Yeah. I want to bring honor to him. Right. And to my husband. Yeah. I mean, I, I dress modestly because I want to bring uh, honor right. to him, mm-hmm. God, and my husband. Right. right. Okay. So, yep. It's so funny how uh, God is just, in providence, has had, had us grow around the same times um, into both of those uh, topics or those and, and independently. I mean, it's yeah, not, not like uh, you encourage me or I encourage you in, you know, head covering. I mean, yeah. it, it was just, it was just, I'm wrestling. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I'm it was, I'm wrestling with this. And then I makes me think about it. And I think that's kind of what Titus two kind of looks like. Yeah. Practically, you know, the older woman, um, saying, oh, I've come to realize this and then, um, spurring other women to kind of think about that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah. So how would you say, um, now a couple years in the submission or the sovereignty, the submission and the head coverings, how do you feel like, um, God, God's worked through your marriage. What are the fruits that you see from it that you might be able to actually identify with those things, having changed, having changed theologically and grown more into into those things? Or, I, I think the biggest word I can think of is peace. Yeah, is I mean, it just makes the day to day, and it's not like Mark and I argued or. Mm-hmm had headbutting often we didn't it was usually over something to do with one of your kids yeah but just the and confidence might be the wrong word but the confidence that i think he feels that i'm going to be there Mm -hmm. be behind him whether i internally agree with him or not it has just brought a great deal of peace to yeah. our to our relationship. Yeah, yeah. I say peace for me, definitely, an assurance because I think the fruit of then one looking at the way my husband does love me and provide and take care of me, it changes my mentality out of fear into glory to God because mm-hmm. I see God working. And taking care of me through this man. Yeah. Uh, loving me through this man. Um, even though there's a bunch of imperfections and even things that probably 10 years ago would have been like, he needs to change. I now realize uh, through my husband's personality and his character traits and his 
strengths and weaknesses that I um, that I am taken care of and and loved by God. When I think the other thing is God brought two very different people together mm-hmm. and and because he has strengths that I don't have and through all of this we have learned to recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. I mean he can tell me on a regular basis how I can never make up my mind <laughs> can't even make up my mind what I want for lunch you know I can understand would, that. You, would you like me to make up you know decide where we're going yes, yes. <laughs> what yes. we're gonna have for lunch Yes, please go yeah. right ahead and do that. Yeah. because oh, too many, too many choices. Yeah. Right. But you know, this, this, the strengths and weaknesses, and and how God has brought us two mm-hmm. together, and to walk as one, to hold each other, uphold each other. I mean, I so whether biblical or not, you know, the uh, the picture of a man, and we're from his rib, mm-hmm. you know to walk beside him, not to lord over him, and not mm-hmm. to be, you know, uh, trod on him, by him, mm-hmm. uh, but to walk beside him is, you know, a pretty good picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then other, have you seen fruits from his decisions that you realize now in God's providence? You were like, okay, yeah, this is good that we went in that direction. That's at least for me, I... I have started to see, and so then that builds my faith in not only God, but in Him to lead. So as you're constantly undermining or trying to uh, get, gain authority or guide Him in His own decisions, you're not giving yourself the ability to trust His leadership and and see where the fruit of His leadership would take us as a family. I don't know if that maybe that you saw have seen anything. Do I so want far. to admit to him? No. <laughs> yes. Well, well, Papa, are you listening to this? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's okay to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> he, God, God made man and woman different, mm-hmm. and that has always been, you know, well known to me. I mean, my parents taught me to be a lady. That was very important that you have your proper manners and and I was probably just because of my own characteristics I'm very prissy mm-hmm. so I'm very you know, I've never been a tomboy never been into any kind of manly stuff I've always appreciated the womanly things mm-hmm. um, and God, God has made us different. Men are men. They're mm-hmm. strong and, you know. Providers and, and they, go you know, get going. I guess my husband, I don't know about every man, but my husband makes decisions like that. And he, you know, can assess a situation pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. me, I take a little more time. I got to, you know, yeah. got to feel you out. That emotionally, you know, I've got to you know, <laughs> talk to you before I really know where you're coming from. Um, but the the fact that he is the way he is and the way I am, the way I am, God made men and women to be different and mm-hmm. to have different strengths um, and weaknesses and to complement each other. 
So could you say that the fruit that you've seen since you've been submissive is to start appreciating oh, the masculine oh, traits of him? I mean, I've, okay. I think I've always appreciated his masculinity, mm-hmm. very much so. Um, but you didn't get to see the benefits, but maybe? Yeah, uh, there, yeah, okay. I, I really have grown to love him. Yeah, more and more. More and more. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he's uh, a man that I could, I could definitely see that I start to start really appreciating that um, like in the beginning of our marriage I might have seen my husband's reaction to some things as over angry or right. overblown or just plain wrong but now I've start to understand that you know what there's there's a dane if he sees a perceived danger then he's going then to he's going to uh, address it, and that's a good thing, yeah. as opposed to us women, especially if you're looking at society today. And this is where I think feminism has a huge play in in degrading um, in marriage. Is it's propped femininity up so well, so much that it is the the standard of. Um, morality now where we're so against patriarchy and men going off to war and war in general and men resolving things and the way they, they handle things diplomatically and we want to all get emotion into it that um, that I, I start to see played out in the family that um, I, I'm like wow those things that God has put in my husband to be the head, the authority, the ability to sense danger, the want to protect, the um, uh, solving of issues uh, by by compartmentalizing, which we don't do. Like we get our emotions involved in yeah. it, but they are able to set their emotions aside. They don't have to care about other people's emotions yep. to work on a resolution. <laughs> These things are good, good things. And now we've feminist feminism and femininity of our society has done the opposite has made everybody's emotions have to be taken into consideration and uh, well we have to think about what's or it's no longer right and wrong wrong. yep it's oh this is kind of mushy here no it's not mushy yeah it's either right or it's wrong yeah and i think that's partly when the bible says that uh you know um women were can easily be deceived mm-hmm. that that's part of what are is where we're deceived we don't see so clearly the right and wrong because we want we sympathize and empathize with people try, try right. to empathize with people and our empathy with the person who might be in the wrong in the wrong right <laughs> is restricts us from executing justice the correct way and disciplining right. the right way so that's why masculine and feminine feminine um, characteristics in the family are incredibly important. Um, I've always kind of said about, you know, God is not only loving, he is wrathful against evil. And his wrath, when it's poured out, it's justified, but it is scary and incredibly fearful. And so, um, one of the things I had to wrestle with is, you know, when my husband might seem to come down on the children too hard, or I might think his discipline's too hard, I have to understand 
that, wait a minute, there's a reason why there is a harder type of discipline coming from my husband because what they're doing is wrong. And they need to be, they need to get both the love but also the fear. Right. And husbands help instill the right healthy fear. Well, you know, uh, not all husbands do that. I am, Husbands are sinful and, and act out, but I, I have to play nuance here because I know women will... We will make excuses. But for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, I I mean, I can recall a very particular situation. You know, your, your brother was going through a really bad, bad, bad time and making some very bad choices with his wife and his kids. Mm -hmm. And he, we could have rescued him. Mm -hmm. We could have, you know, Given him some money to pay the electric bill or whatever. Um, and as, we didn't. We, we, because of my husband, uh-huh. we chose not to. Uh-huh. And they learned uh-huh. from the, he and the kids, both, and even the children, um, our grandsons learned from that experience. We made sure they weren't you know, in harm's way or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But, um, we didn't rescue them. It would have been, I, I, on my own, I would have rescued them. Yeah. I, yeah. I, know. I haven't done yeah. <laughs> I just, I would have. Yeah. Um, but Mark said, no, we should not rescue them. Mm-hmm. They, they need to learn yeah, from this experience. Right. And they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, blah, long almost an hour and a half to turn oh, around well. and say <laughs> Ali, uh, turn around and say guys, women good to submit <laughs> it's good to follow God's word it, it, it may be it may be hard to go through to get to that point yeah. but the benefits on the other side are just exponentially good yeah, they're good yeah all right. Well, I don't know that I have any other questions for you in regards to this. Um, thank you for being willing to chit chat and express some of your life testimony to people, anybody willing to listen. I love you, Melba. I love you too. Thank you for being my godly woman influence on my life. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. 
They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.